Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where we three friends get together virtually until safe to do otherwise and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. We will begin the show with Recently Watched, which we will try to not spoil. And we are not professional critics, and we thank the Moonrays for giving you that song, intro, creature features at the top of the show. Find the music on Apple Music or Amazon where you can buy it digitally and say hello to them on Facebook where they are, The Moon Dash Rays. And maybe they'll be playing live gigs this year. Who knows? Maybe we'll be sitting in a room with other people this year. Who knows? Oh, no. No, probably not. I, 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 I barely knew your social graces before. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, coming out of our caves is not going to be easy. No, I'm not going to. Well, I'm never going to stop wearing a mask. I, so. I, I'll, I'll get together with you guys and yeah, we can meet up and watch something. But. Yeah. Were you guys just starting to get worried about facial recognition technology invading your privacy when all of a sudden we were told to cover our faces up? <laughs> and, well, I had been planning on a big face tattoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always wrongly imprisoned people with masks on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that would be a bad scene, wouldn't it? Well, uh, we should say who we are. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will and Jolian. Hello, I'm Will. Good afternoon. So, guys, uh, who wants to start Recently Watched? You do. Okay. Um, I'm going to start by saying I've uh, gone a few more episodes into the From Dusk Till Dawn uh, TV series that is available on Netflix, and I'm still digging it. Um it's no surprise if you've seen the original movie that, and it's no spoiler to say that uh, some of the story, a significant portion of the story uh, sort of uh, revolves around these half vampire, half snake sort of people who seem to be able to sort of change uh, at their discretion. And that's cool. I, I, I can suspend my disbelief for that pretty well. I like it a lot. Still digging it. I don't know how much more I have left to go. I don't even, I couldn't tell you if I'm on season three or season four. I don't know. The intro seems to change and it's like, oh, that must be a new season. And uh, something a couple episodes ago seemed like a cliffhanger. So maybe I'm in uh, the next season. That being said, it's awesome. I dig it. I recommend it. And then the only other significant thing I remember watching this week was Godzilla versus Kong, which because I have access to HBO now is that what it's called hbo max hbo max okay it's not go it's not whatever anyway yeah no now it's now it's max yes they've maxed it out it's the maximum version of its own self that it could possibly be um so do they show red shoot diaries and stuff like that i would hope so you know because you want to see sexy david duchovny yeah if if it's a streaming service with max in the title then yeah yeah I expect to see some bad 90s erotic thrillers. Yes, so that would be a cross between, what, HBO and Skinamax? Yeah. No, it's nothing but <laughs> airing after airing of Soul Man followed by Beastmaster 2. Oh. <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, talk and about you that. pay a fortune for it every month, <clears throat> and that they play those movies constantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Soul Man was... I knew... I knew oh. oh, man... I, I like to see Thomas Howell in The Hitcher, though, and I really want to do that one, but it's uh, it's got to come up available for no extra charge before I can say, hey, guys, let's watch The Hitcher. And, okay. Uh, you know, not the one with Sean Bean, but the one with uh, Rutger Hauer. Yeah. So uh, that's it. So you watch, what, what did you think of? Oh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to say too much and spoil it for Jolien. 
I can I, sus- you don't have to spoil it, but what did you think of it? I, I rather enjoyed the movie. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, if you put giant uh, lizard monster and giant gorilla on the screen and you don't wait the whole movie to, to sort of parade them out, uh, I don't care. You bring them in in the first scene and leave them there for the whole movie. That's cool. I don't care. That's fine. I mean, I, with Godzilla and Kong, I'm cool with that. Uh, you don't even have to build suspense. Um, that being said, they give you lots of the monsters through the whole movie. They do. They're not shy about it. I can suspend my disbelief for a, a several hundred foot tall lizard monster and a several hundred foot tall gorilla, but there's something dumb that they ask of us to sort of suspend our disbelief and I don't like it. All right. It has, it has something to do with a place where they go and I'm not going to say, I know it. of what you speak. You do. Okay, so here's the thing. So no spoilers. No I can sp- guess what you mean already. No spoilers, but uh, it's a place where they go, and I can't suspend my disbelief for it. It's, and it's not that I can't suspend my disbelief. It's unnecessary to the story, and it kind of annoyed me. And then they did get into um, Transformers levels of things flying at your face, things brawling and spinning, and, you know, it's, it just went on and on and on and on. And it sort of turned into such a, uh, such a barrage of of, uh, I don't know, it was overstimulating and it was really in your face. But, but that, once again, is a better complaint than the movie being boring, which it is not. Uh, so <clears throat> any, any complaints aside, I still recommend it. I still like it. So, Will, did you watch it? All right. I did. Okay, well, let's just go to you next. Recently watched. Uh, <laughs> recently watched. Well, I'll start off there. Um if you watch the two minute and 35 second trailer from a couple months ago, stop there. Okay. That's perfect. Perfect length. You got all the action you needed. You got no talking. (laughs) Perfect. No annoying dialogue. Uh, Honestly though, I think if they cut this thing down to about 25 to 30 minutes and just gave me the fights, it'd be better. Although, I didn't feel like the fights had any weight to them. Everything seemed like two MMA fighters fighting, you know, in a, in a fake city. And I would have preferred that if they were guys in suits doing that. But they, they have the computers, and I felt like in King of Monsters, there's a little bit more weight to them. Yeah. This, they, they, everybody seemed really kind of just totally weightless like they're made out of air they were yeah knocking buildings down but even those just felt i don't know so rote at this point we've seen buildings fall down so much uh i know that's a weird complaint to have in uh king kong godzilla but uh i think i would have been okay with it if they didn't throw in all the the b plots with the peoples especially uh what's your name oh yeah and and that group not that i didn't like the group but i didn't find that they really added much um yeah i could see your point but i can't say that the other group was any much any better as far as your suspension of disbelief yeah at some point it flew out the window um because I was okay with what they were asking us to accept, but the way they presented it, in a way, kind of ruined it. It made me ask too many questions. Like, what? Wait, why is this happening? Right. Um, yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I preferred King of the Monsters. Okay. Uh, the last Godzilla movie. Uh, not Nothing to hold... And nothing holds a candle to uh, Shin Godzilla. Um, I, so far, that one's been my favorite, other than like you know, original Godzilla. Do you feel original like... flavor? <laughs> uh, yeah, they used to call it, they used to call it plain Godzilla, but then they went to uh, original or milk chocolate Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla with peanuts or milk chocolate. Godzilla classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like rewatching any of these? 
Um, probably not. I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed King of the Monsters. I felt like that one, they balanced the, uh, the people talking parts, which you have to have, and the monster fights pretty well. And although sometimes I felt like I was just watching a big cartoon, it moved at a rapid enough clip that I could just kind of go with it. Yeah. Uh, Kong, although moved, uh, Godzilla versus Kong moved fairly quickly. There were a couple spots where it just sort of stopped. And although I didn't necessarily grow bored, it just made me, it kind of takes me out of the movie for a second. Um, but no, I don't think I'll rewatch them. Although I did try to watch, and this will bring me to point two, Hong Skull Island. Yeah. Um, I fell asleep. <laughs> it knocked you out. Uh, yeah, it knocked me out. I could not give a shit. I don't know if I just don't care for King Kong. I thought I did. I really like the 1933 one. There's something charming about it, but... Um, what about the Peter Jackson also, remake? It's too long and it's too Jurassic Parky in the middle. Yeah, I guess that's when that dinosaur stampede gets going. Yeah, it was great on the big screen, but rewatching it, it just felt so. I liked unnecessary. I like the tribe and the wall that they had with the big gate and all that stuff, and yeah, the scale of God of. Uh, King Kong works better when he's about 25 feet tall uh, rather than 250 feet tall. It's, it's like, Oh, I still know this isn't real, but at least it's, you know, when he he grabs that, you know, that model T or model a or whatever, and and just zings it through the streets of New York. And it's like, yeah, that, that looks, or when he's on top of this spoilers for King Kong, when he's on top of the empire state building and he grabs that biplane and whips it, and it's still flying, but under his, you know, under his force and it hits the other biplane. Yeah. That all felt like, okay, a 25 foot gorilla could do that. And Yeah. Uh, the, I, like I said, I liked a lot of that film, but I thought it was too long. I thought they spent a little too, too much too action movie uh, on the island. Yeah. Uh, they could have cut it way down. Um I like some of the other additions, uh, some of the beginning stuff, kind of setting the stuff up. Still, no movie has shown how they get him on the fucking ship. <laughs> what? How do they do that? Um, I'm going to say they have a bunch of logs and they roll him. Okay. You know, like... A winch. Yeah. And a, and a four by four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old block and tackle it works yeah so. um so anyway kong skull island i did like uh oh now i can't remember the actor john c Riley. yes yeah he's... i did like his part um you know um uh, yeah uh moving on uh bloodlands uh series we're watching uh continues to be pretty good um it's taken kind of a surprising turn i've reworked my hypothesis of who the killer is um we'll see uh then we watched uh, because we only get one of those a week um they dull them out that way um we watched a hbo series called the investigation it's actually a danish show Hmm. Um, about a the murder of a journalist and a guy who built a submarine. I don't know if anybody out there has heard this story. I, being a kind of true crime geek, recognized it immediately oh, cool. from like background noise that said, so-and-so submarine sunk or something along those lines. I was like, oh my God, this is a story. And I told Jean, and she's like, is that real? How do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I read it in the paper. It was a crazy story about a guy who built a submarine. Um, really good. Uh, I think we're about finished with it. We kind of binged it over a couple nights. Uh, moving on, I watched Zack Snyder's 
cut of Justice League, or I tried to, I did not finish it. It is approximately four weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand he's still putting out parts. Um, <laughs> all in slow motion, which is why it takes so long. Um, that was my biggest complaint. It's okay. It's definitely better than the theatrical version, although that bar is on the ground, so stepping over it is not much of an accomplishment. Um, He uses slow motion so much, it became a parody. There is a scene, I kid you not, when I believe it's Lois Lane, it may have been Wonder Woman as her whatever Diana Prince uh, alter ego, but one of the two sets down her Starbucks coffee cup in slow motion. Wow. I understand it. Otherwise, you know, you have Wonder Woman throwing a bomb into the air and it flies up at the camera and gets real slow. And when it explodes, it's all slow and it throws her back till she goes through the wall again and then it speeds up. It's effective enough. It's, it's a little tired, but it's effective. And it, it works with the scene, but to have somebody set their coffee cup down in slow motion, just, what are you doing, man? Yeah. That and every scene seemed to go on. Although, again, better than the theatrical release where I felt a lot of the scenes were a little truncated at times. Um, some of these just go on just a hair too long. You're like, mm, yeah, if you cut that, you know, just even five seconds. It speeded up just a little bit. It's a glacial play, pacing on this thing. Um, uh, maybe one day I will finish it. Um, and then I watched uh, Q Into the Storm, which is another HBO show. This is a documentary on QAnon. Yeah. Uh, really good. I didn't think I'd like it, but I, uh, I started it, and I ended up watching all... Uh, all four episodes that are out currently. There's two more. I think one drops tonight, Sunday, uh, when we're recording this. And uh, and then the one the following week. Uh, really good. Uh, my favorite part so far, not to drag this out too much longer, was a interview with a uh, mayoral candidate for Providence, Rhode Island, who they say, how do you think you're doing in the polls? The the filmmaker of the Q documentary uh, asked her this. How do you think you're doing in the polls? And she goes, I think we're polling at about 48%. Hard cut to the newscaster going and coming in with less than 1% of the vote is (laughs) so-and-so. Oh, my. You know, Um, the guy who was running with her to be uh, attorney general claimed he had a port in the back of his head that, hooked him up to the matrix but he would not show us that okay hey yeah. you know what my theory on this whole thing is if you believe in lizard people you will believe in anything well they they kind of show that they have these people like this news broadcast or i think she was a uh, gossip columnist she makes some claim you know that the democrats are drinking baby blood which right Let's face it, they're just saying the Jews are drinking baby blood. That's what they want to say. Yeah. Um, it's an old story. They go into that. Um, nothing new under the sun. But she says that, and then later, um, the documentary filmmaker mentions to her that 8chan, where Q posts, the message board 8chan, hosts child pornography. They pull it down, but... It still gets posted there. She goes, wow, I, I had no idea. Really? And seemed totally incredulous to the whole thing. Like, oh, uh, what? Really? Mm-hmm. And it's oh, like... You'd have to provide it with evidence or something. Yeah, exactly. But all the rest of it, no, she doesn't need evidence. She knows. She even says, I had a gut feeling when I read that, you know, Hillary Clinton did whatever, ate the moon. Um... <laughs> And replaced it with a hologram. Um, yeah, there's a. They interview a guy who actually started 8chan, who uh, is uh, unfortunately severely disabled. He has a brittle bone disorder. I don't know a lot about it, but he's a very small 
person who's in wheelchair bound. Um, he comes off, although he he was very hateful early in his life, I think. He comes off as a fairly smart guy. And he, at the beginning of the documentary, says something along the lines. Like, if people believe this shit so easily, it's really saying something about, you know, uh, government, media, the whole thing. Why, you know, why do people believe this shit so easily? I don't think he really has any answers, but, you know, he seemed a little more clever than, than the other two who they hinted are probably who Q are. Well, yeah, there, there's a, there's a not very well guarded secret as to where this originated and who's behind it. But, uh, I also did watch a couple episodes of this and I plan to watch the rest of it. I think I'm only two episodes in, uh, which I watched a couple weeks ago. And I think people should watch this to know what it's about. Even if, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to jolt anybody out of their, their days, uh, or, you know, or it's going to fool anyone into, you know, joining the cult. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot to ask of people to, to believe in certain things and not believe in other things, you know. So you don't believe the con man who got elected president was a con man and, and lies to you. But you will believe that Tom Hanks drinks, you know, eats babies and drinks their blood and that Hillary Clinton's secretly a lizard. What? Yeah, I mean, somebody with a long uh, history of conning people might be, a, might be, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, and th- that's not even getting political about it. I mean, you can say objective things about any candidate who's run for president and lost or won the office either way. You could say, oh, well, this guy, you know, didn't have this background or had, you know, bad grades in college or whatever it is. You know, you can say these things. And... uh but you can't say objectively Tom Hanks eats babies because there's zero proof and it's a pretty far-fetched idea. That's the thing. Um, although, although the documentary sort of touches on, on past conspiracies, I really feel that this is more of, of the same. It's just the latest iteration of, you know, black helicopters, UN black helicopters are coming to get us and, you know, Bill Clinton's seizing all the guns or whatever they said in the 90s. Uh, They said the exact same things when Obama came around. Um, I wonder if maybe, although it's not anything new under the sun, it's just magnified because of the internet and because of media itself kind of reporting on it. And weaponized. yeah, I don't really know how. I mean, they say there might be 10 million QAnon followers, but really, is that so many? That's not, you it's, know. It's not a majority. And how much, uh, you know, how how deeply do these people believe? I, I some From time to time, I worry about a certain uh, colleague of ours from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who was, uh, he was pretty far down the old conspiracy rabbit hole. Yeah. Yes, I him. thought of that same person, and I thought this is—he was pre-Q. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of worry about where he is now. I, I hope that he came out of his trance because he was—he mm-hmm. went—he went from very concerned about uh, um, the loss of analog recording and how how we really need to hold on to that and quit being so digital. He went from that to being a nine eleven truther. Which, okay, fine. I got a lot of questions about how those buildings fell down. I do, but eh, there's a lot of crazy places you could go. He went off the deep end. Yeah, he did. And uh, so, yeah. Jolie, his, his, his dad was taking him down that. Oh, really? Oh, I never realized that. that yes. That's not, uh, that's not good. Don't have much hope. No. I know somebody showed him folding a $20 bill. Mm-hmm. supposedly shows the Twin Towers being hit by plane. They showed him that at a party, and that was the exact moment his mind snapped. You can because fo- he was not right after the... He he came, like, in that next day, or the next day I saw him at work. I wasn't at the party. He showed me, and he was just, like, sort of manic about it. And you're like, 
How what what how long have you been up? Are you have you slept? Have you just been, <laughs> you know, loose changing it for the last twenty four hours? Oh no. I remember he came into the break room and and uh, uh, is uh, after the uh, that reporter had been beheaded. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was like really excited. He said, "You want to come and have a look at this guy getting his head cut off?" He said, "No, no. <laughs> yeah, no." So, and you don't want to see it either because that's going to be in your mind the rest of your life. Yeah, you don't want to see that. Yeah. And, no, and so I'll, he, I'll he watch didn't. shit on uh, a horror movie, but yeah, oh yeah. Um, but um, uh, he didn't watch it at that time. As far as uh, I can't oh, speak good. any other time, but uh, I remember when 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 he was debating smart people, they'd uh, he'd actually back down from things. He wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, if if they could, if they you know they just talk to him and and. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be having a fight with him. They'd just be talking to him, and then and then going point by point, and you know, he'd eventually go, yeah, yeah. But then he'd like come back with a different. There'd be a different story the next day. Yeah, I uh, I've got fed up at one point because he tried to tell me Satan was running the world, and I just, I was like, no, okay, that's it. I I can't go any further. Yeah, our our two. Part- know, I haven't believed one word of bullshit you've told me, which has been slightly entertaining. But Satan, really? Yeah, you know, on that route, that's so 1970s. <laughs> it's fucking 2000. Give me something new. Yeah, the internet is alive and controlling us. Yeah, something. Uh, finally wrapping it up because this is the longest recently watched and recorded history. Uh, I've been watching Harley Quinn, which is a HBO max, uh, cartoon, uh, much like the Batman animated series of 30 years ago now. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm old. Um, uh, it's, uh, I was told it was like venture brothers. I don't think it's quite as clever I think a lot of times it relies, or at least initially relied on humor, the humor of cartoon characters swearing. Oh, um, yeah. Eh, I did think it was funny that they beeped the word cunt, but they wrote a story around it, so it's kind of funny. Uh, there's a guy named Dr. Psycho, who's the Wonder Woman villain, who calls mm-hmm. her that in the heat of battle. And he is then blacklisted from the Legion of Doom and Persona no grata, Non Grata because <laughs> they're trying to, you know, rehab their image a bit. And then, you know, then have issues with women. Uh, although Lex Luthor le- later says, we have a woman in, in the Legion of Doom. I can't remember her name, but she's there. We've got binders full of women. Yeah, it, that was exactly it. It's the exact same joke Eugene you made. When he's telling her about this series. It's great. It fit perfectly. Um, so although the jokes aren't... I've not laughed out loud, but maybe once, twice. Uh, I'm into the series now. I'm into season two. I've been binging it. It's uh, it's fairly entertaining. Um, yeah. Check it out if you have HBO Max. Cool. Uh, don't think it's going to be, you know, early Venture Brothers, which is, again, I, I think a little more clever. And maybe it's just because I, I kind of like those old Johnny Depp or Johnny Quest cartoons yeah. that uh, they made fun of a little more than. I don't feel like they make fun of Batman and Batman kind of mythos and those that world as much as uh, Venture Brothers did. And that's probably because there's a step away. Uh, this is produced by DC. So although they, you know, make Jim Gordon this, like, uh, really needy, just pathetic dude who uh, can't hold a marriage together and wants to be really good friends with Batman, who Batman is just like, no, you're a colleague, dude. I don't, we don't hang out. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but... They're not stepping on any real toes. Uh, none of the jokes you've that they do, you hadn't really heard. You you've heard before. Uh, so it's like not Brand Deck, the animation. 
Yeah, a little bit. That's what it made me think of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit like that. It's it's a I read a great article once about parody, satire and I can't remember the last one, but uh like, like what the differences are. Yeah, what the differences are and you know, satire is a little sharper, parody is making fun of itself but not really and then the, uh you know the last one was spoof which was just usually not really connected to the world definitely not saying anything not really connected to the the world it's making fun of and the example they used was like johnny carson dressing up as you know say batman but the jokes aren't really about batman or that universe they're just regular Johnny Carson jokes, maybe he'll reference, you know, the boy wonder and make a little joke, but it's not really about the, the you know, the thing itself. Yeah, my my um, rule of thumb is uh, parody is like um, just, uh, just having a laugh, making fun. Um, but yeah. uh, satire is more of a weapon. It's got a point to it. It's trying to change yeah. things. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good way to say that. That's kind of how the uh, the article put it as well. It was, uh, you know, yeah, uh, parody is just you know having a laugh. It's it's a Mad Magazine kind of thing. Uh, although that slides into spoof too, because often the jokes are just old jokes <laughs> pasted on top of you know whatever movie they're making fun of. Uh, and not necessarily have anything to do with the the movie itself. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's your your turn then, Julian. What have you watched? Uh, Let's well, we we had a we had a uh, well, it wasn't a good week, but um, uh, I saw one movie which was uh, Fatal Flying Guillotines. Um, Ooh. I, I want to see every flying guillotine movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, so this is another one off the list. This is uh, from 1983. Um, the first one was in 75. Um, anyway, uh, this one stars Carter Wong, and it's got a lot of flying guillotine action in it. And uh, the version I saw seems to be a composite of um, uh, when it goes to the, the, uh, the most gory bits, it suddenly changes aspect ratio and it looks like an old video oh. uh, bit of footage has been spliced in there. Um, so, so, you know, when, when the, uh, the evil Shifu digs his fingers into somebody or something like that, it suddenly goes into this old videotape thing. Um, but it's got, it's got, I mean, you get a lot of flying guillotine action in this one. It is uh, uh, quite fun. Um, it that doesn't make much sense. Like, uh, there's a whole bunch of things you just have to roll with it. It's like, uh, how did he survive that? Who is this person? Uh, what kind of ending was that? <laughs> you just have, to, <laughs> just have to let it go, but um, anyway, I enjoyed that. Um, and I read uh, someone gave me this book they found, uh, it's called Monsters from the Movies, and uh, this is uh. Uh, this is interesting because it's like the state of the art of horror movie books in the early seventies. You know, they there hadn't really been horror movie books until the late sixties, and uh, so uh, and you know, it's obviously long before the public had internet. Um, so uh, it, it's like there's woeful errors in it, um, just mm. ridiculous stuff in it. I mean. Uh, and obviously, a lot of the uh, opinions are based off movies they haven't seen, um, and it, and it's it's got like chapters divided into uh, different kinds of monsters, and uh, he writes about the zombies. And this is like 1972. Doesn't mention Romero. No, not the Living Dead. No, wow. post not the Living Dead zombie boom. Wow. Nothing just goes up to plague the zombies, and that, that's as far as it gets. Um, wow! So, so it was, it was an interesting artifact of, yeah, uh, you know, information about horror movies from the time. So uh, anyway, that, that was it. Oh wow! So April Fool's Day. I, I think that we that uh, we uh, hit the calendar too early on St. Patrick's Day and too late for <laughs> April Fool's Day. So uh, right. that's uh, completely blue Easter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that'll happen, but. Uh, 
I think we're just going to have to pay closer attention to the calendar <laughs> if there's any sort of specific. Uh, you can't really call April Fool's Day a holiday, but there there was this, you know there was there was a flurry of movies in the '80s that, that like the slasher boom included a bunch of uh, commemorative days. I guess you could say. Oh yeah, there's three just about. Eight. It's just set on April Fool's Day. Yeah, that I can think of. And two prom night ones, and uh, Valentine's Day, and it had a did it? No, it didn't have a sequel, did it? My what are you my, talking about? My bloody Valentine. Yeah, no, there's no sequel. Okay, there's a remake. That's what it was. And there's a remake of uh, this one, right? Uh, and Killer Party is set on April Fool's Day, and uh, Slaughter High is set on April Fool's Day. But uh, they don't don't make so much of it. That was the one I was thinking of. I was like, what? I I was confusing it with this film. Uh, I had not seen this April Fools. Okay, so, so uh, I, I wanted to ask you guys: uh, after watching uh, April Fool's Day, nineteen eighty-six, did you a think it was uh, a fun twist on slasher movies, or b uh, did it make you want to throw a brick through the TV? B. <laughs> well, if I'm being honest, it kept my attention because it uh, it felt like something from nineteen eighty-six. It, yes. it, it felt like a, uh, a a second tier slasher that was riding on the wave or riding on the coattails, however you oh, want to yeah. say. Oh yeah, it was popping its collar like mad. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It was riding on that Thomas F. Wilson <clears throat> glory from Back to the Future. Oh yeah, banking well, um, on his name. He probably <laughs> got whatever script he wanted in Hollywood at that time oh, after playing Biff Tannen. Yeah, and he picked April Fool's Day. Yeah, well, yeah. I I wasn't sure it was him at first. To be quite honest with you, I thought oh, that guy kind of looks like uh, Tom Wilson. I played Biff. I, well, I saw his name and I was like, "Is that the same Tom Tom Wilson?" I must. Did they show? And then the, when I saw him, did, well, he's credited as Thomas F. Wilson. I don't know if he's credited in Back to the Future that way. Was that at the uh, beginning of the movie, though? Did, yeah. Okay, so I either wasn't looking at the screen or it didn't register because it was Thomas F. Yeah, but, uh, it could have been. He was, oh, he was like emoting wildly with his face the whole movie. <laughs> like every time someone was standing there talking, he was like... <laughs> See, I just made a bunch of contorted faces. <laughs> he was like reacting like in his head the whole time. And it's like, I don't know, are you... Are you on something, man? <laughs> but it was still it was Biff, and uh, my wife for me, my wife immediately said, uh, "He reminds me of your brother." <laughs> really? Uh, your brother Biff. <laughs> your brother Biff. Now I've met your brother. He didn't remind me of Biff whatsoever. Mm, I can see what she means there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you see it, then I'll, I'll take your word because uh, it's been a long time since I met him. Um, so, okay, you picked this one, Jolien, having seen it before? Yeah, long time ago. I remember watching it on videotape uh, for, for younger listeners before they were, they were streaming and Blu-rays and DVDs, uh, videotapes. Yeah. And before that were wax cylinders and before that, uh, you, you just have to reenact your favorite movie scenes <clears throat> yeah. in the parlor. Yeah. With candlelight and puppets. Yeah. Or um, puppets, as we used to say. But I remember watching it with a couple of friends. One of them was thoroughly confused, but I couldn't afford it at all. Very smart <laughs> guy. Uh, became a doctor. Uh, uh, but the side of the brain that I operate on, he didn't have it there. He couldn't make uh, intuitive leaps or adapt to, to crazy things going on. So he was, he was lost. And then the other person just mad as hell at this movie. Wanted, wanted to attack the TV because it was like, oh. a, I, mean, I guess we can spoil it. It's, it's, uh, it's basically comes on like a slasher movie and it. Yeah. Kind of, uh, we'll do a, lot, a quick lot, run through a, lot the a bunch of, there, but it's not a bunch of friends are invited out to a private Island by their college friend, Muffy. Yes. And then hijinks ensue and they're picked off one by one. Uh, and then, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a twist at the ending. Yes. 
Um, let's see the, uh, I, I have a, uh, a little a snippet here pasted into a document so I could say their names. Harvey, Nikki, Rob, Skip, Nan, Chaz, Kit, and Arch. It's like these, I mean, these people are straight out of that, that, uh, that little, uh, funny paperback that came out in the eighties called the, the, the preppy handbook. I think it was called. It was, uh, oh, wow. it was like how to be a preppy and it was making fun of them, but it was, uh, yeah, yeah it was just a bunch of these jerks and, uh, yeah, these were those jerks and you know, it's, it's polo shirts with popped collars and whatever stupid, expensive, lame looking clothes they wore. They, they were, as I, as I said, uh, in the eighties, all your friends are assholes. Yeah. And Evidently. You, and if, you're, and if you're sitting around the uh, party wondering who the biggest asshole is, it's it's you. Probably. <laughs> uh, the first of this movie, uh, before any of the real killing starts, uh, you see the, the cast playing around a lot. Yeah. Um, although I didn't buy them as friends at all, I did buy them as a bunch of actors fucking around and wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's uh, that's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, especially when they were like playing football and grab ass in the front yard. It was, uh, it was like, please, please stop. Someone was just please like, please move on. Somebody get killed already. Someone was like, keep rolling, keep rolling. This looks totally natural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're wasting Will's time, people. You're wasting Will's time and the movie's not even 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to be able to make it about anything they want. Uh, no, yeah, it, okay. less than 90 minutes, you get one, one extra star. So one star. Now, outside of the candid stuff, when it shows them, you know, stalking around this mansion and, you know, trying to pick up on one another or, you know, find some substances to do or, you know, sneak off to whatever place to go do whatever, that all felt like movies of this time. And it, and it, yes. and, and it, did, it did work for me in that sense. Uh, but when they started getting picked off, I immediately suspected the twist and, uh, you know, they're getting killed one by one. We're seeing the bodies, but I'm still kind of, uh, not believing it. And then, uh, who wants to blurt out the big reveal, the big twist? Go for it. Okay. April fools. Yeah. It turns out that, uh, uh, have you guys ever heard of a, har- a hide-and-seek game called Sardines? Yes. Okay. I don't believe so. This is one where it's like hide-and-seek, uh, except for the person, one person runs and hides, and if a person finds them, they have to squeeze into the hiding place with them until everybody is squeezed into the hiding place, and there's only one person left walking around going, Guys! Where are, <laughs> hey! <laughs> where is everybody? And it's kind of the same thing, except for in this case, you know, instead of, uh, instead of hiding in the hiding place, they're getting fake killed. Uh, and then, you know, which is recruited into the joke. Yeah. Recruited into the joke. So by the end of the movie, we have one person left, uh, two people left. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Cause we have what kit kit what? and, uh, the guy's uh, name, Muffy. Uh, Muffy Nick. Stroke <laughs> Oh, we had Nick, Nick the, and then the yeah, Muffy Buffy. Yes. So uh, we're 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 uh, let in on this notion that maybe Buffy uh, Muffy is the person who's invited everyone to the mansion on the private island, but uh, she maybe has a crazy twin named Buffy, who's actually killing people. So the effects worked well enough. Uh, it was all practical effects, obviously, given that this is a 1986 movie. And uh, I was kind of on board with it. It's like, go ahead, uh, do what you do. I'll, I'll be waiting here with the knowledge that you're probably doing this twist. And uh, yeah, that's how it turned out. And uh, that was, it was satisfying in one way that it's like, okay, at least you didn't expect us to believe everybody went down the way they went down, you know? At least we're able to say, all right, well, they got pulled aside and told. But then the big, the big reveal at the end is not just that, okay, we pranked all of you in this way, but, uh, Will, do you want to go ahead and say what, uh, 
what uh, Muffy's motivation was behind doing this? Oh, she wants to open a like uh, uh, bed and breakfast that does murder mysteries. Yes, this was a new idea at the time. It was. I'll give him credit for that. That was uh, fairly new, or at least the earliest sort of uh, idea, you know, that I'd seen of that. Yeah. So this. Um... This was uh, something where they said what they were doing and uh, everyone sort of uh, high-fived and laughed and sprayed champagne everywhere. And then we get like this sort of extra scene with yeah. with uh, with drunk Muffy going to her room with the leftover bottle of champagne and finding the jack-in-the-box from the intro. And... Uh, she gets surprised by her friend for what was the girl's name? Nan. Nan. Yeah. Yeah. They went to acting class together, springs up and slashes her throat from behind. Just kidding. It's a fake knife. Yeah. They did shoot another ending where uh, her brother skip comes. Uh, he stays in the Island and he tries to kill Muffy to get the inheritance, but that was ditched. Hmm. Do you think you would have liked that or would that have been a bridge too far? I think I would have liked it better than what we got. Were you let down by this ending? I was because, and I know what they were doing, they were faking out the audience. But because they were faking out the audience and not necessarily the character in the movie, it didn't work for me. And I was also disappointed by the, the twist um, I saw it like you, I saw it coming and then I got bored enough. I forgot that the movie was set on April fool's day. So when it happened, I was extra disappointed. Cause like, it was like, Oh damn it. Yeah. I did figure this out. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then they did that. And it was, Ooh, it was not a, it was a real letdown there because Although I wasn't caring for it before, that just let all the wind out of the sails. Well, they did try to keep you reminded by showing you whoopee cushions, dribble glasses, exploding cigars, you know. Yeah, but at some point they kind of drop all that. And it's my fault for forgetting that it was April Fool's Day. Uh, But to be fair, it was the next day. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Jolien, is there a way that they could have written this differently? Like, say it is the same thing that they're picking everyone off one by one, but not really killing them. Uh, is there another way they could have done this rather than just recruiting them into the prank and having them all waiting in the parlor or the dining room or wherever they were? Yeah, it, uh, it was, I think so much of it is built around that twist it's one of those movies where they've got this twist and they're like oh boy oh boy oh boy we're going to spring this twist in the audience yeah and that makes the rest of the movie worse because everything has to be subservient to to that yeah um so you know out the window goes characterizations and uh and then, and then if you're bothered to think about it retroactively once the twist happens there's certain things that happen before it that don't make sense. (laughs) And uh, I think with a a mystery like this, it has to work like clockwork. It has to all be worked out so that you're not thinking, well, that can't be right. How did they? No, that wouldn't happen. Um, Yeah. There's just, uh, there's just too much of that. Um, uh, If you want to watch, you know, a a good Agatha Christie will, everything's sussed out. Um, and there's a, there's a good movie from the 70s called uh, The Last of Sheila, which is uh, Anthony Perkins and Raquel Welsh. It's, it's like one of those all-star cast murder Ooh. mysteries where it's a similar sort of thing. There's a game being, being played and there may or may not be an actual murder being worked into it so that uh, it, uh, it's harder to detect who did it because uh, there's this fake layer going on over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it wasn't smart enough for its own good. 
I thought it was yeah. more clever than it was. I, I, I immediately thought of uh, Death Trap, I think was the name of it, that had Michael yes. Caine. Yes, that's quite a good one. Yeah, Christopher Reeves. Yes. Reeve or Reeves? Reeve. Reeve. Singular. Um, and then uh, Clue, of course, which is really fun. Uh, I, I haven't ruined it by rewatching it, but I probably will at some point. Um, I thought, okay, I thought of a way that this could have been done maybe more... I won't say more clever, but maybe more interesting would have been like uh, maybe the last of them to be supposedly killed uh, ends up getting thrown into maybe some sort of a, I don't know, boathouse or something. And all of the friends aren't actually dead, but they're bound and gagged. And maybe she's got a lesson for each one of them. And there's no, you know, murder mystery bed and breakfast going to happen. Maybe she's just going to, cut them loose at the end and be like, you all deserved this. And here's why you suck. You suck. You suck. You're cool. And you suck. <laughs> you know. I remember okay. the first time I watched it, I was quite scared when it gets down to, uh, uh, mafia and kit. Oh and yeah. She, she's really good at playing crazy lady. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Amy Steele is one of the classic final girls. Yeah. Um, uh, Friday too. Yeah. I like that scene with them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and her stupid boyfriend locked in the in the right cupboard. And uh yeah, I liked that. And then I felt like I got kind of, you know, that again, that built it up and then yeah, it, an unclever twist at the end. I think it should have been they burst into the room and somebody says, April Fools, Charlie Brown, and then they all started humming Hark the Herald Angels Sings yeah. at the end of the Christmas special. Right. And then the credits roll. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, their uh, heads tilted up to the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that, I thought that was a better, a better, uh, uh, ending. I had a couple notes. Uh, one was uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Gene was kind of half watching it. Gene was half watching it. And I said, uh, one of the characters, you know, looked at the island and said, Oh, we're staying here or something to that effect. And I said, Yep, at Camp Crystal Lake. And Eugenia <laughs> goes, Is this a Friday the 13th movie? And I'm like, I don't think April Fool's Day has ever fallen on Friday the 13th. <laughs> but it's got the uh, producer of the uh, series on oh. the movies and the TV series. Yeah. Uh, one of the producers was Frank Mancuso Jr. Oh, okay. And he also produced the remake of this, the uh, director video one. Oh. And then you've got Amy Steele from Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah. And you've got uh, Michael Nomad, who's in Friday the 13th, part six. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was, it was, this movie was advertised as a slasher movie, so you can imagine how many angry audiences there were yeah. going to see a, a non-slasher. <laughs> yeah, I took it as a slasher. It, it was all just a dream, essentially. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. It's about as satisfying see? as that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Maybe they could have made it work if, like, they stab the last person and then the camera pulls back and you re reveal they're on a set and then they just get up and go about their way and the credits roll as everybody breaks the set down and you're just like, that would be more on the a joke on the audience. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, I, I watched a movie, you know, it was kind of just as disappointing. Um, did either of you notice when Nick and uh, Kit were in bed in the first bit of the movie? There was horrifying. Oh yeah, you couldn't work out where the spread. position was. Yeah. Oh no, no, that was the that was the other couple. I liked their weird position. That was good because it was just straight. <laughs> it looked you know, impossible, but you know, eighties movie Lovecraftian. It did. Yeah, it was great. Uh, no, the other couple. Uh, they have the light switch that keeps switching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn it off, and it turns on and over there. Um, yeah, when they got in bed, there's a horrifying stain on the bedspread, and that was the worst thing I saw. In the whole oh. <laughs> like, don't get in that bed. No, don't pull that up by your face. Oh, I'll have to, well, I'm not going to rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, 
before I forget to ask you guys, did you get my email with the uh, thing from your next with the skillet? The skillet? Yes, you were yes. right. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's only a second on screen, but uh, when that girl gets stabbed in the top of the head, her, her shape of her hairdo and that knife echoes the look of that skillet. Yeah, it's right side by side. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Just for a had moment. It had to be on purpose. It had to be. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Anything else we want to say about this before we uh, sort of say our our final uh, recommends or, or not? Well, I think uh, one of the characters wrapped it up uh, beautifully when she said, I don't like this. I really don't like this. <laughs> uh, it wasn't as hard to watch as I was expecting it to be. I was really thinking this was going to be just the worst kind of thing. And it wasn't the worst kind of thing from this era, but it was a big fat copycat of everything else that had happened. And then, Ooh, there's a twist. We're so clever. Yeah. But, um, I was really expecting it to be a lot harder to watch, uh, having known nothing about it and, uh, having never seen it. Uh, it was better than I expected, but, uh, Jolien, um, what about you? Anything else you want to say about uh, it? It's, it's, uh, it's a, if you're a completist, then it's the, uh, the director is Fred Walton. who did when a stranger calls, right. Oh. Uh, the screenwriter is, uh, he wrote the Beverly Hills cop trilogy, uh, the Bach and, uh, you've got Amy Steele in it. Uh, it's well shot. It's a beautiful house. And, um, lovely locations i think it was shot on vancouver island yeah um so it's got it's got enjoyable things to it and of course the uh the mid-80s fashion is is uh hilarious yeah. uh hard on the eyes yeah um but uh yeah and uh it's, it's disappointing overall but uh you know if you're a slasher fan you gotta gotta see all this stuff yeah, yeah, that'd be the only way I could recommend this is if you were a completist. Yeah, and we're going through all the '80s slasher films. Right, um, I but think you've got to get quickly. way down the list. Right, you've got to yeah. burn through a lot of movies before you get to April Fool's. Day. <laughs> that's yeah, not I, a good thing. I, I think Killer Party is a more satisfying April Fool's Day slasher than this one. Um, I've not seen that one. It's much more bonkers. Okay, good. Is a uh, house on sorority row better than this or worse than this? Yeah, it's better. Because <clears throat> I, I remember seeing. Yeah, I I was more entertained. I have to say, uh, yeah, it's better. I was more entertained by house on sorority row than I was by this. Yeah, I remember seeing that and being pretty satisfied with it, but that was back then and so it's been a long time and i and that could be a false memory of it being somewhat good. oh it's goofy don't don't go in thinking it's it's like some fantastic hidden gem <laughs> that's, um, that's got a good twist in it but yeah it has a good twist and i like the characters more and i i uh i found the characters in this one in april fool's day so bland i couldn't tell who was being knocked off at times i was yeah. just like wait who is that is that nick or who what were their names again? They're just yeah, uh, that doesn't happen in in Alison Sorority Row, you know. So all that being said, so no no strong recommends from any of us. No, it, it's I think it's light enough fare though that uh, <clears throat> if somebody wanted uh, something of a slasher without you know, scarring them mentally. You could say non-horror fans, go ahead and watch this. And then you can, you can feel like you got duped at the end and have a laugh. If, if you take a shot every time someone pops their color, then you'll, you'll be pretty out of it by the time the twist rolls around. Yeah. Yeah. It might be pretty good by then. Oh, popped colors. So, uh, yeah, no strong recommends. And, um, and I, for one, don't hate it. I could, I could actually watch it and be somewhat amused. And, um, so, uh, Will, I think you have next pick. Did you have anything in mind? Uh, I want to watch a movie called Excision. Excision. I've not watched it yet. It's on <clears throat> Prime. 
uh, I believe it's 2012. Um, it's about a, a young woman who's going to medical school. I don't know much else. Uh, maybe terrible, maybe good. But who knows? We're taking a shot. Cool. Have any of you seen it? I don't nope. think. I don't think so. Okay. Is it, is it spelled E X or is it just spelled E X? Okay. Yeah, yeah. E X. Uh, yeah. Uh, I heard it was good, but I don't really know anything about it. They just kind of said in passing while talking about another movie, like Excision, which I really like. Blah blah blah. Uh, so I saw it and I was like, well, hopefully nobody's seen it. So it's a blind view watching for all of us. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if there's a twist, we won't see it coming. Ah, uh, we hope so. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. Well, cool. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. I don't like it. I really don't like it. <laughs> or something like that.